In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The common denominator in this story is that everybody in this story is out of gas. All these folks are done for, and they have nothing left. There is a great crowd beside the Sea of Galilee. Even if you are by the sea in Galilee, in the middle of the day, it is scorching hot. If you ever choose to go on an archaeological dig, you wake at 4 a.m. and you finish your work by noon because the heat in this part of the world becomes unbearable. So if these folks had somewhere else to go, they would go. Beyond the crowd, there is Jairus, who is a top man in the church. You can be the top man in the church all day long, but when your child is dying, you are not on top of anything anymore. And you will take all the help that you can get wherever you can find it. And finally, there is a woman who has been bleeding nonstop for 12 years. The text is brilliant in its simplicity and honesty. She had, says the text, suffered much under many doctors and spent all she had, but for all the suffering and all the spending, she was worse, not better. So the common denominator in this story is that all these folks are out of gas. They are done for, and they've got nowhere to go. They've got nothing. Hot and dry and crowded and chaotic and desperate and suffering and hopeless, the world as they know it this morning offers no way out and no way home. Enter Jesus. And I mean that quite literally. At Christmas, through the Blessed Virgin Mary, Jesus quite literally entered their hot, dry, chaotic, desperate, suffering, hopeless world, intent on saving it one person and place and sea and storm and demon at a time. Jesus entered their world intent on bringing hope. And now it is the season of Pentecost, the time of common time. And the task of Pentecost is to tell us the story of how the kingdom of God plays out. Two weeks ago, you remember, I think, that it played out in simplicity and mystery, like a mustard seed. Last week, it was strength and care on a stormy sea. And this week, Jesus targets two things that you fear most, chronic illness and sudden death. The first thing you may notice in this story is how little Jesus lets these troubles trouble him. Yes, it is Galilee, and it is hot and dry and chaotic and crowded. And all the folks around him are feeling desperate, and hopeless. But Jesus does not feel that way at all. Jesus is not crazy and he is not flustered. And he certainly does not let fear or emotion or evil 
set the agenda. Instead, Jesus patiently lets evil find its own level. He lets evil settle in and settle down. Jesus even lets evil do its worst, burning itself out in the chronic sickness of this woman over 12 long years and in the sudden death of a child. All of that before Jesus even begins to work. It is counterintuitive for us, I know, especially in a nation that is trained to dial 911. But see the benefit. Because Jesus does not react, Jesus offers utter clarity. In this story, there is no confusion, no talk about perspective or opinion or perception or interpretation or emotion. In this story, the facts are the facts. The crowd is lost. The woman has been bleeding uncontrollably for 12 years, and the child is dead. Everybody agrees on those facts, and nobody in the story can do anything about it except Jesus. That's a fact, too. Jesus enters the story with a certain gravitas. He comes to the evil with a certain presence. He feels no pressure from the crowd. He gives no preference to the powerful. And he does not rush to the side of the dead. But once Jesus finally does enter in, into our world, into our sickness, and into our death, Jesus brings hope, and he sees the healing all the way through to the end. Consider the bleeding woman. For 12 years, she has been labeled chronically unclean. So for 12 years, she has been cut off from her family, her community, and her church. She is not been allowed to be in contact with them, and so she is an outcast. Then Jesus goes to work. Who touched me, says Jesus. The disciples find that a bit odd. In fact, they seem to hear it as a complaint rather than what it really is. Maybe like you in the heat this past week, they're just having a bad day. But that is no complaint. What it is, is Jesus trying to find someone to rejoice with. Jesus is so intent on extending his kingdom. He is so intent on reclaiming his world, on making wrongs right, that Jesus sees every sickness as a chance to be well. As a friend of mine who became a surgeon said, a chance to cut is a chance to cure. And so Jesus does cure. He feels it go out from him. She feels it too. One more sister is reclaimed for the new Eden, and Jesus speaks 
Daughter, he says, and by that word, by that name, he restores her to the children of Israel. She is no longer unclean. She is once again a daughter of Zion. Daughter, he says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The shalom of Eden. That is redemption. We are fully struck down before we are fully raised up. Next comes another daughter of Zion, the little girl who belongs to Jairus and who is now dead. But that doesn't seem to bother Jesus either. It doesn't bother Jesus because death is a false boundary for him. Death was never part of Eden, so death has no part in the divine life. Jesus simply does what he came here to do, to extend his kingdom by taking back everything and everyone who ever belonged to him, entering into her life too, a life that has gone beyond hot and crowded and chaotic to cold and still and dead. Jesus goes to work without thought for the crowd or tending the mocking laughter, he gently takes the girl's hand and with a living word, the viva vox, the living word of God restores her to her own, to her father, to her mother, and to her community. That is how life was always meant to be. That is how life is in the new Eden. So what is here for you now? Well, there's a load of comfort here and hope too, knowing that even when we've got nothing, even when there's no way out, even when we're done for, Jesus still comes to us the way we are and Jesus does it all. And he doesn't stop doing it all until every last wrong has been made right. If you are chaos, he gives order. If you are fear, he gives peace. If you are evil, he gives holiness. If you are sick, he gives wholeness. And if you are dead, he gives resurrection, free and complete, and such is the kingdom of God, the new Eden. And that's not a bad way to start the green season of the church. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.